Welcome to the Dogman Mindset Podcast, a place where we'll be talking dogs, behavior, your lifestyle, and everything in between. I'm your host, Lauren Hewitt-Watts, and today I'm doing a solo podcast all about budgeting for dog parents without losing out on your favorite things. Now, this isn't meant to be a big lesson on how to budget. Um, I'm not an economist. I don't know huge amounts about finances. It's something that kind of switches my brain off. But I do know that at the moment, we're in a bit of a funny time, aren't we? So we've come out of the pandemic. Everything was very, very different. I know that dog training itself actually had a massive boom because so many people got puppies. And now we're kind of in this period where we don't quite know what's happening. There's rising petrol prices. There's, you know, rising cost of living. House prices are going mad. Um, it all seems a bit strange. So I know that a lot of people are sort of turning around and thinking, well, actually, how am I going to make some savings? How am I going to be able to, you know, bring back what I would normally be spending out on frivolous luxuries and actually making sure that I can afford to pay my bills and afford to pay the increase in energy prices. So this isn't a doom and gloom. This isn't anything that I want you to be worried about at all. But I thought it's definitely something that's worth talking about because I know that there are some things where you do not want to scrimp on at all. You want to make sure that you're getting the best for your dog. But there are some areas where really, if we are honest with ourselves, we probably overspend on our dogs when we don't necessarily need to. So I'm hoping that this might give you a couple of things you can go and try. So let's start with the basic things. So one of the most basic things your dog needs is their food. And I would first of all say that this is not something you should be trying to budget on their food is their building blocks. It's something that is so important to them. Like us, we need to have a really good diet and we need our dogs to have a really, really good diet as well. So it's not something where I would say, oh, I'm spending out on this food, so I'm going to go and get something um, that's a lot cheaper because I honestly feel like you will see the effects of it. So definitely make sure the food that you're giving them is a good quality. If you are spending out on your dog's food, I don't want you to feel guilty about that and I don't want you to feel like you should be cutting back on that. However, there are things that you can do. So a lot of dog food companies um, will offer discounts, they'll offer loyalty schemes, um, they'll offer you being able to bulk buy. So you might be able to actually save on your food in another way. So um, I've actually got a referral code or a discount code for butternut box which is a really high quality dog food so that should be on my website if you go and um check that out but equally there's there's loads of things for lots of these dog companies especially the very forward thinking ones they want people to come in and they're passionate about people trying their their good food so you can always look to save in that way and like i said there's often special buys discounts bulk buying so as long as the food itself is very good quality sometimes you can look at um how you can change that so you actually are saving rather than buying smaller amounts so I know with Alto he's on actually a very special diet um, for his tummy and to buy a small bag of his food is so unfeasible because it's so expensive compared to buying a really big bag so that's something that I want you to think about as well as often buying in bulk it's more expensive at the outlay but per you know kilogram or however they weigh out it actually works out cheaper as well one thing I want you to consider is I would always keep a stock of their food in as well. So um, I always have, so I buy an 11 kilogram, I think, bag, but I always try and make sure I've got at least two bags. We've got like a big tub we keep it in, two bags in, because especially at the moment with, you know, things... I, I did have a client who had special dog food and actually that started to become scarce supply. So again, this, this isn't to scare you, but it's always a good idea to have a stock of their food so you always know that you have it there. And also by buying in bulk, you often save money. So that's one thing I want to say on food is not to scrimp on it, but to look at these little ways that you can start to save on it as well. 
kind of on the same track as food. So I'm looking at kind of treats and things that you supplement their food with. This is definitely somewhere where you can save money. So if you're looking at buying your dog these really special treats and they say that they're 100% dehydrated chicken, those treats per, you know, again, kilogram, are normally much more expensive than actually just going to the shop and buying a chicken that you can roast or you can bake. So sometimes when we look at the treats, I would really encourage you to look at how you can supplement it with our own food. Again, look at things like carrot and cucumber. Dogs go mad for that. Apple, they're so cheap for us to buy in and keep for our dogs. They're okay for our dogs to have. If you're ever worried, check with your vet because your vet will be able to tell you, yes, dogs are allowed to have this. It's a myth that they can't have human food. It's just that they can't have some human food. But things like, um, you know, just literally plain boiled meat, plain boiled chicken, is perfect for our dogs. So I really would encourage you to actually look at the prices of buying the meat itself and actually compare that to the prices of paying out for all of these treats that you're buying as well. So what I tend to do with Alto is we always have nature's menu, the meaty treats. They are the best treats ever. I would get anyone to buy them. They are, um, they're not on the cheap side of treats, but they are so, so good. You can break them up into tiny bits. You get quite a lot in a packet. So I would always, always say those. We've got a stock of those. They are the treats that I know won't hurt his belly. But what I do is I buy, well, I literally buy a chicken, we'll cook it in the oven, really, really plain. Um, we'll take off all of the, you know, we won't give them any of the fatty parts or any of the, the skin or anything like that, but we'll, we'll then crumble it all down and we'll use that across the week. And that costs about, I think it's like five pounds or six pounds maybe for an uncooked chicken. And that lasts for probably over a week because we freeze some of it as well. That is so much cheaper than me just supplementing it by buying lots and lots of these really expensive treats. So I just want you to think about ways where you can replace the, the food that you're using with you know food that is going to cost less money um and same with supplementing their food if you're buying them really really expensive tins of dog meat to supplement their kibble for example is it actually worth looking at um buying something like chicken and adding in some vegetables and that might work out more cost effective now just while i'm saying this again you need to check with your vet that's suitable for your dog. So, you know, you have to be careful that they're getting the right balance of nutrients and they're getting everything that they need and all of this. Um, I'm not a nutritionist so I and I'm not a vet, so I cannot advise you on that. But more what I'm saying is if you're supplementing. So if you're if they're having, for example, so what Alto has, he has a kibble. I know that has everything that he needs in it. And then what I do to add more flavor is I give him some chicken with it. So if you're doing something like that, again, you can look outside the box and just see where you can save um, in those situations. Um, I'm not saying as well don't go out and buy treats but if you're if you feel like you're constantly spending loads of money on treats this is just a really nice way to look at it and actually health wise plain boiled chicken or if your dog's sensitive to chicken you can do another meat is probably as good as your dog can get no matter what treats say they're low in calories no matter what treats say they're good for their digestion that is probably the best thing the most pure thing that you can give your dog so hopefully that helps with that one now while I've been talking about treats, I'm going to move on to training because that is obviously my expertise. Um, it's what I've done for years. And there are a few things I've noticed with training where people spend money unnecessarily in some areas and they don't spend in other areas. And again, it all kind of evens itself out. Now, the first thing I want to say is what the, the most cost effective thing you can do with dog training and with behavior is get something seen to early rather than wait until it develops. Okay, to see a trainer, 
to help you with an issue as it starts. So let's talk about, uh, I'll give you an example of recall. If your dog starts to, their recall just starts to not get as sharp. They just don't seem to respond as much. To get a dog trainer to come out and to give you a session, a good dog trainer, to give you a session, to teach you how to tweak it is going to be so much better than having a dog that learns to run off after the scent of deer and it develops into a behavior issue and it's predatory chase and it's developed down the line because you are going to always spend more and more on either a dog trainer having to come out um, a lot to help you through the problem or on a behaviorist. So I would always say once you start to see a problem, start to address it straight away. And it might not even be with the dog trainer coming out. You might be able to find a really good online course that can help you um, or a really good resource that can help you. But start early don't wait for it to develop because what we sometimes do is we go oh you know a dog trainer is whatever 60 quid an hour or whatever it is um to come out to the house oh I can't really afford that right now but then what happens is people then come back and they say oh I've got this massive problem I haven't dealt with it for two years it's now going to be 200 300 pounds to sort out probably even more so start early and and get that in early um with that one that's why we've got actually separation anxiety school is now a membership because when you start to see any kind of issues with your dog not wanting to be left it doesn't have to be full-blown separations actually not what it's designed for it's designed to give you a safety net so you can go oh I've noticed my dog's following me around or oh I've got a puppy and I really want to make sure they're good at being left start there that's 45 pounds a month that's a great price compared to having to work with me one-to-one, which is much more expensive because it's much more of an outlay. So always look at it in those terms as well. Now, also with training, I really want you to think about going to someone good once rather than going to someone who is terrible and having to keep replacing their advice and patching up the damage that they've done. So going to someone good often isn't even the most expensive option. I know some incredible dog trainers and behaviorists and professionals who charge very little for their time and they're amazing. And I know some people who are terrible, they're shocking and they charge massive prices. Always, always just look and just see, make sure you see someone good. That's all I can say is seeing someone good once is going to be better than seeing lots of not so good people many, many times. So always do your research when you're looking to get someone to come out and help your dog. Don't go for the cheapest option or don't go for lots and lots of different bits of training here, there and everywhere. Go for someone good and do it once. And that's the main thing that I can say with that one. I also want to talk about how no dog trainer is better than a bad dog trainer. So if you are looking for help with your puppy, for example, you're going to be better not going to a puppy class and maybe doing something a bit out of the box, getting some online help, doing a course with someone over Zoom, someone who's good and someone who knows what they're talking about, rather than going to the hall down the road who charges £3 for a session and they have all puppies of all different sizes and your dog learns to be terrified of dogs coming over to them or they learn to be a bully or they learn all different bad things. So I can honestly, if I could say one thing about puppy training and dog training in general is don't go to a dog trainer rather than have a bad one. No training is better than bad, terrible training for the the payoff that you get at the end. So always keep that in mind as well. You don't have to go to these things if they're not going to be good for you and your dog. Equally, again, kind of going back to puppies, is that you don't have to have a puppy class to socialize your dog so obviously a good puppy class is excellent I ran them for years you know I they're brilliant to be able to have 
expert eyes on you to watch okay that puppy is a bit shy so they're going to really do well with a, with a, another puppy that is more confident but not so interested in playing so you you've if you've got someone who's got expert eyes who can help you with these interactions that's absolutely priceless but going to a puppy class again and expecting that to socialize your your puppy when it's not very well set up is actually going to be worse so you'd be better off not paying for that class and doing the work yourself rather than try to go somewhere that is not very good and actually end up with a problem later on down the line. So yes, lots of things to say about dog training, but I think I've just worked with a lot of people who have spent so much money on their dog and actually still haven't come out with what they need. So they spent so much money on classes and puppy training and and online courses and this and that and that, and actually they've bounced from one thing to another. But some of the things they've tried have actually, in hindsight, they've turned around and said, I wish I hadn't done that. I saw, you know, I saw a dog trainer who told me to let my puppy cry out and I spent all my money on that person and actually they've just given me a separation issue. So you know, it, that's why I'm so passionate about it because I've seen that the I can see where people spend all this money and it's actually not helping the issue. So it's better if you're thinking about budgeting, it's better to have an outlay that you know is going to have a, a positive effect on you and your dog rather than less of an outlay that's actually going to cause loads of issues down the line. Another thing just to say actually about behavior that I hear a lot is people spend a lot of money on um, behavior supplements. And yeah, some of the time they can be good. Some of the time they're not worth literally the packaging that they arrive in. So if you find yourself going on Amazon and you're like looking for things that will calm your dog down or things that stop my dog being aggressive or things that, you know, these behavior supplements and they come out and they say there's this and there's that. And just be, I would just be aware of what you're spending on supplements because they can be quite expensive And if they're not scientifically proven, I wouldn't really be wanting to use them on my dog. And also as well, if you're trying to get them cheaper, just make sure you know where they're coming from. Because again, if they're coming from places that don't have as strict, um, what's the word, regulations as ours, you just need to be careful what you're giving your dog. So if if you're someone that finds that you've got a dog that's got a bit of a training issue and you're actually spending lots of money on supplements, like you've tried this powder and you've tried this paste and you've tried this spray and you've tried this herbal remedy... I would really look at, okay, maybe it's going to be better to actually put that money towards getting help from someone who knows what they're talking about, who can give you some guidance on those. So again, just be careful, just, just be careful on supplements. And I would, yeah, keep, keep an open mind when you're looking at those and try and go for the ones that are more proven. The ones that I tend to use are the more expensive end. So um, for example, I use Adaptil a lot. So Adaptil, it's a synthetic pheromone. The science is good behind it and I've seen anecdotally that it works. That is on the more expensive side rather than if you searched for dog calming spray, you'd probably get one that's cheaper. But actually, again, I don't think that probably some of them are worth the paper they're written on. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. So again, just be careful when you're looking at those things as well. Now, talking about toys. So toys is something that a lot of people spend so much money on and they just end up getting ripped and, and just chewed up. So my mum's dogs are an example. They literally rip to pieces any toy that they get. They're Dachshunds, they love it. It's what they've been bred to do. It gives them satisfaction. So I wouldn't ever say don't give those dogs things to rip up because I think they need it. They need that as an outlet. Um, if you have got a dog that rips things up, if you try and say, right, you don't have any toys, they will end up ripping something else up. So you might as well just give them what they need. 
But again, you don't want to be spending out loads of money on all these toys to only find that they last for only a few days. So what I've noticed with dog toys is when you go to um, a pet shop and you buy some, some are so badly made. So some of them are terrible. I'm like, no, no wonder they get ripped up because literally the dog's going to bite it and it's going to fall to pieces. So be aware of the ones that you're buying. If you want to give your dog something to rip up, literally just choose things like cardboard, newspaper, package you know cardboard packages that come in let your dog rip those things up if you've got a dog that likes to rip give them things that are cheap let them help with your recycling give them that to do it's messy but it's better than having toys everywhere so that's a really good outlet um, another thing that you can do is if your dog likes kind of pulley toys or like tug toys is um, if you look it up I used to make these you can get like if you rip up old t-shirts into strips you can actually make like braided dog toys quite easily it doesn't take that long fleece is really good so if you've got any old fleeces this is really good but actually kind of upcycling these kind of things are such a good way of giving your dog toys a it's environmentally friendly because you're recycling and b it's going to save your pocket because you're not going to go out and and spend on all these different toys that really you're getting ultimately when you buy your dog a toy you know that that is not going to last forever um so so doing things where you can find tutorials where you can rip up clothes and make toys out of those can be really useful also just sewing toys up so some toys come and you know alto actually isn't a ripper he can have he's got toys that he's had for i think one of them he's literally had his whole life so i'm very precious about this toy when we went and stayed with my mum and dad when we were waiting to move that was the only to- raggy it's like a little pink rag but anyway that was the only toy that the dogs weren't allowed because i was like if they rip that toy up i'm not going to speak to them so there'll be some to- some dogs will have toys that last but with those toys you might just want to sew them up every now and then so i know it's a time outlay but also as a budget you know it's quite a good way again eco-friendly to be able to look at these things as well as for enrichment so i think that there are some things that you can get for your dog that are really beneficial so kongs for example are really useful because they give your dog enrichment and you can just keep refilling them every day so i would definitely say something that some enrichment activities are worth getting so i would definitely say kongs you know you can get kind of the antlers tend to be quite good again be careful check with your vet because they can crack their teeth on them but if your dog is suitable for it then the antlers and things like that can be quite useful because they're reusable but there are some things, again, where you're looking at, and if you're buying a cheap enrichment toy, again, online, sometimes they don't always, they're not always as sturdy as you look. So you're probably better off making your own enrichment. And there are so many ways you can do this with old tea towels, with old t-shirts, with newspaper, with egg boxes, with, you know, toilet roll holders. If you go to Kirby Dog Training, I think it's Kirby Dog Training on Instagram, she's got, um, like, I think there's like 60 short videos of enrichment that you literally can do at home. So if you're looking at things to keep your dog active you don't necessarily need to go out and buy loads of things i would have a core base of of stuff so i'd have core maybe kong a couple of antlers you know a cup maybe a couple of kongs but aside from that um oh a, a topple is really good they're quite expensive they're like over 20 pounds but they last really well i'd have a few core things of these but i would then go and do enrichment using lots of other stuff as well um it would be really useful same for toys actually there are going to be some core toys that you just can't make so tug enough have really good they have like um fluffy toys on like a bungee and they're really fun for your dog to play with those kind of toys it's really worth having a base of toys but apart from keep going out and buying more and more and more the other thing i was going to say is when i used to run puppy classes um, I used to speak to lots of puppy tutors and they said that one really good thing is they'd go into a charity shop and they'd buy like old kids stuffed toys for puppies 
And obviously you have to be careful because if they've got like, you know, bows on them or they've got glass eyes, you might want to remove those. But I honestly have found that when I've done things like that for Alto, those toys last. They really last well. I think they're made... I mean, I can only assume that a, t- a child's toy is made to a better standard than a dog's toy because you don't want a child to swallow or choke or anything. So yeah, if you're if you're looking to go and buy a bunch, go to a charity shop and just stock up on some of those. Check them all out. Make sure, supervise your dog with them. But that can be a really good way of getting a cheap kind of influx of toys um, without needing to worry about going out and spending, you know, seven pounds on a stuffed fluffy toy when you can get it for a couple of pounds down at the charity shop. So that's another tip that I can give you for that one. Just to finish off with, I just want to talk you through how you can start to budget for your dog and start to actually get a picture of how much you're really spending. Because I think our dogs are something that we just spend our money on and it just kind of comes out of out of our normal monthly allowance and we don't actually have a view on how much it's going to cost us and how much we need so I've put together a list it's not an exhaustive list so there's going to be obviously other things that you can add in what I would encourage you to do is to get a sheet to write down these headings and look back over the past six months or three months just to see how much you actually are spending on these things so you've got a really clear idea of actually how much your dog is costing you and where there are non-negotiable things that you have to pay out and where there are luxury things that you want to pay out and where there are luxury things where actually you don't really know why you're paying for that in the first place. So my list is, number one, you've got insurance. Totally down to you whether or not you do it. Only thing I would say on this is that I did work in a vet's and this is going back, I don't know, seven years and the cost of things is only going up and it was heartbreaking when someone came in and they couldn't afford it because their insurance I know they have their bad points I know that there are some insurers who don't pay out and, and all of this but anyway if this is something that you include include it and also account for that going up year by year because it just does once they hit I think it's eight once they hit eight years old that cost is going to increase so just always account for that probably going up Vet fees. So vet fees are not always covered by insurance, even if you have it. So things like their vaccinations, um, if you use a flea or worm treatment, if you just need to go in for a one-off that isn't worth paying the excess for. So just look at your vet fees as well. Food. So that's usually going to be on a monthly basis. Treats, like we've spoken about. Toys. How much have you spent on your dog in the past six months on toys? Is there a way that you can cut that back? Dog walking or daycare, for some people, obviously this is a non-negotiable because if you go to work, you need somebody to look after your dog. So just having an idea of how much to budget that in for is great. Grooming, how often does your dog go for a groom? Um, Is there any way you can make this easier by grooming them yourself? So I'm not saying don't go to the groomers because obviously especially some breeds they really need to have a proper groom but it might be that you can help the groomers by just doing it some of it yourself in between um i'm thinking of the really curly haired kind of cockapoos when they go to the groomers and they have to be completely shorn and completely clipped that is more expensive than going in for kind of a maintenance every couple of months so being on top of that but also looking at how much you spend medications so there might be some things that your dog has that aren't covered by insurance or that you need to account for you know and that's again if you need to take your dog in for something and they need painkiller that might come into that as well supplements so any supplements that you do add in um can be accounted for too equipment so we're always having to buy things for our dogs so by this i mean their lead their harness their collar um their treat bag their their collar tag anything like that that counts as equipment grooming equipment all of that, how much have you spent over the last six months? Again, with equipment, if you buy well, normally to start off with, you can have it that lasts. So Alta has a perfect fit harness and he's had that for many years. I mean, I don't even know. It's something like, I mean, he's 10 now. We probably got it when he was like four or five. So that's, you know, that's a good amount of time to have a harness. 
a bigger outlay at the beginning, but actually worked out really well. But again, equipment. Um, and if you're if you're looking at this over six months, if you find that you're having to keep replacing leads or keep replacing collars or keep replacing harnesses, that might be something to think in your head. Okay, where can I actually cut this down um, by getting something that is actually going to be more suitable for my dog? Beds and towels, things that your dog sleeps on. Um, also things like dog sitters. So if you go on holiday and you need someone to come in and look after your dog or they need to go to a, a dog house sitter or you know, you normally have to pay for these things. Um, so that's something to look into as well. Training and knowledge. So this is definitely something that I think you need to account for. You might not always need a dog train if you've got your dog and they're on a really even keel. I would all, I would look at how, how you're increasing your knowledge. So I definitely say dog knowledge is something that you want to account for because it's going to help you kind of even things out. So that might be, um, you know, online courses or books or attending talks, whatever you want to do, that's something to look into. And then I want you to look at the luxuries. So what are the extra things that you're buying your dog? So it might be things like bandanas or accessories or um, coats and you've got loads and loads of coats. Now, this isn't to say that you have to stop buying these things. Of course, buy everything for your dog that you want to. I think it's a case of saying that all of the things that I've spoken about come first and then you look at your luxuries rather than looking at, I bought my dog a new bed and I bought them a new bandana and, um, you know, I bought them this new special accessory that matches my hair tie but actually I can't afford to get a trainer out when they have an issue that's actually going to affect their welfare so it's just looking at these things I would definitely make this into a a routine practice so you know how much you're spending on your dog because it is very easy for it to spiral out of control especially at the moment when there is so much in the pet industry there's so much you can spend your money on it's about just knowing your non-negotiables and your luxuries and where you um, want to be putting your budget basically. So I really hope that this one has helped. I would love to know um, if you've enjoyed it. So do leave a a review if you've enjoyed because they help so much and I read every single one and it's lovely to see them come in. So leave a a great review if you've enjoyed it. You can sign up to my email list if you go to www.dogmummindset.com and that's got um, an email list, um, letters with Lauren that you can sign up for and I send over little bits and you know, I do have discount codes for things, so I can always send those out for you as well. And then lastly, find me on Instagram at dogmummindset and let me know how you found it and any questions or any topics you would like me to cover in the podcast because I love doing it and um, I always want it to be something that you enjoy too. So thank you so much for listening and catch you next time. Mm-hmm.